What's up, guys? We're in Seaport. Just moved in this morning. We got the new crib. Uh, it's under it's under uh, some construction right now. We're a little rugged, but we're in folding chairs. I we got good company at least, today. right? Yeah. No, it's electric. So we got QB Stew. We got Andrew Jamil in the house. Uh, mm -hmm. How you guys doing today? Amazing. Electric. Couldn't be better. Stu, where are you from? I'm actually from D.C. So if you guys have seen Remember the Titans, that's my city, Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> where else are you from? I'm from the moon. I was born there and I never left. All right. So we're on the moon right now? Correct. That's correct. <laughs> where are you from? I'm from Cape Cod. Cape Cod, born and raised, right? Yep, that's right. Living Southie now. Southie kid. Sitting Massachusetts guy. There you go. And so how long have you guys known each other? Oof. 2022? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've known each other forever, though. Actually, was it 21 or 22? That was 22. Yeah. Has it only been a year? I feel like I really have known you since uh, sixth grade. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been a year. But you uh, met in the uh, fan control football? Mm -hmm. yeah. FCF. Stu just came up to me like he was my best friend. I'm like, man, this guy seems chill. Yeah. And he started throwing some dots. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Truly. Yeah. What's the typical, what does the average uh, fan controlled football athlete make in a year? Oof. Um, so starting cues, they're the highest paid. Starting queue makes $1,000 a game. And then there's a winning bonus of like a couple hundred. Um, everyone else is around anywhere from like four to 600 a game with a couple hundred dollar winning bonus. And then there's like three major awards they give out every week, which is like offensive player of the week, defensive, best celebration, like a couple awards. And you get like a grand for those. I, I didn't get paid for that. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I, that thousand dollars, I was getting like half of that was getting right. taken out of my check every week right. for some type of fine, some type of. I'm like, go ahead, go ahead. And you what, can complain. About what was the, the biggest fine? The biggest fine, well, for one, every week was always some, something to do with the dress code. But once again, a thousand, we're talking, we, we're talking about trading and everything. Right now, I'm negative 60,000 on the trade. You think <laughs> I give a damn about a thousand dollars a week? I'm here to ball. You know, Andrew would have played for free. I practically was playing for free. So, right. you know, you were but, paying them to, to play. Basically, <laughs> but the entertainment, entertainment value, you know, yeah, a million people watching every week, that's free advertising. Right. So, intentionally being methodical about the fact that I don't need a physical check. I'm going to get that shit on the back end. Mm. The thing about the money with the FCF is like, you can complain about it all you want, but like, you got to know what you're signing up for, bro. Like you're there to get an opportunity to get paid for real, you know? So and what, how does that, uh, the salary, um, increase once you started playing in the XFL? XFL is, I mean, they take care of us. The contracts are for 60 grand. There's a $1,000 winning bonus, um, and if you win a playoff game, you get a couple grand. If you win the championship, you're, you're making pretty good money. Um, so XFL was five grand a game, and like I said, $1,000 winning bonus, so it's pretty nice. And while you're there, you got no expenses. They pay for a hotel and three meals a day. So for four months, I mean, you're making out pretty good. And you're balling out. You're playing. You're playing what Literally. you want. You're doing what you want to do. So. Literally living out your childhood dream. Dream honestly. come true, man. Playing for a living. You That's know? great. Stu, so, uh, you know, you sparked up mid game. How'd that go? It went exactly how it was supposed to. Yeah. Truly. You know, like I said, you know, I just crazy was something that I had wanted to do for a year and a half since I saw the league existed, and uh, you know, it's bigger than myself. It's for the entire cannabis community. 
Because think about it like this. Quavo showed up to many games, yes? Mm -hmm. Okay. If Quavo sparks in the stadium, is it a big deal? No, because he's a rapper, right? So at some point, it has to be, you know, and I can't remember what the player was like Aaron Rodgers and one of his linemen when they were in Green Bay, they chug a beard in an NBA game and it gets applauded, right? So it's like they even encouraged us, if you score, drink a beer, take a shot from a fan. I don't really drink like that. So I'm like, well, what could I do? You know, what if I sparked up? And the beauty was after I hit it the third play of the game. That's a critical part that not many people understand. It was only three plays. I throw a post corner, score, spark up. Now I got to play the rest of the game. If I throw interceptions after this, I look like more of a jackass. <laughs> so once I sparked, there was more oh, pressure shit. to like, now I got to go crazy. Right. And I ended up having more touchdowns than no, incompletions. No, I knew your superpowers were going to kick in. <laughs> Most definitely. I knew it. Everyone was trying to say you were going to be ass. Now I'm like, y'all don't get it. They don't get it. Did the fans choose to kick you out of that league? No, nah, absolutely kinda, not. They kind of bypassed the voting there? You know, I think it came down to the fact that marijuana is still illegal in Georgia. And the fact that they had already kicked players out of the league for cannabis-related issues. But I still feel like they should have went the WWE route. Because the amount of traffic that I drove to that league from a play like that. Mm-hmm. And that league was all about doing stuff like that. So... You know, everything works out how it's supposed to. I actually broke my foot and tore all the ligaments in that same game. So whether I got cut from the league or not, my season was over. So it was really, you know, it was what it was. I do wish I could have still been a part of the team because my team, this is crazy. They were 0-4 before I got there. If they had lost another game, they would have had no chance to go to the playoffs. And I won every single game I played for the Zappers. Got them a playoff spot. They ended up winning the championship. Mm. And I'm still waiting on my ring, too. I'm still waiting. <laughs> not yes. Coming. We'll nah, 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 nah. I'm still waiting. Y'all have my address. I'm still waiting. <laughs> you and Bob tight? You know, Bob, shout, I love Bob. Bob has never reciprocated the type of love I've given him. I sent him a voice note before the before the season can started. Can hear it or no? Is yeah, let me, see, let me see. No, I'll see if I can pull it up and see. Yeah, you uh, it. You know, because. First time I met Bob, he gave me $500. At an FCF game, actually. He was... Uh, Apple Pay? I was sitting down. It was Apple Venmo, Venmo. Oh, damn. I was sitting down on the bench. He's like... I just hear someone like, Jamil! Jamil! Yelling what? down. And I'm like... I look over my shoulder. I'm like, holy shit, that's Bob Menery. He's like... He's like, I got 500 bucks that says you don't score a touchdown on the next drive. I look up at him. I'm like, deal. I go over to the QB. I'm like, yo, if you throw me a tutty on this next drive, I'll give you 250. <laughs> He's like, bro, easy. We go out there. He throws me a touchdown. Bob sends me five hundred dollars. I broke the QB off. Oh, here we go. Play it into the mic. Yep. Now listen here, Bob. I'm not fucking around. I'm not joking around. Salim, Kyle, they might not understand your value, but I see it. You brought on AB. You brought on AB. If you need someone to zap, I'm your fucking guy. Right? No one's gonna zap like I fucking zap. Believe that. Did I tell a lie? Did he answer? Believe that. He double tapped it. But did I tell a lie? You see, that's before the, that's before I even, no you lies. know, and yeah. mind you, I had foreseen the whole full send podcast falling out. I said, Kyle, Salim, they, they don't see your value. You brought mm. on AB. Mm. This is when all the beef was starting to happen. You got receipts. Mm. I have receipts. So Bob, shout out to you, man. I still love you. That's once again, bro. Like whether it's reciprocated or not. Bob's hilarious. Yeah. Fuck with that man heavy. You know, <laughs> I, I, anytime I see some content or stuff that I actually genuinely love, I'm going sh- to give them their flowers. 
and Bob and Destroyer were the two guys who I seen myself most in. I wanted to win for them versus an owner that wasn't really a part of the team. So, and it was lit playing with Johnny Menzel, bro. Like you got to keep in mind, I grew up watching Johnny as well. We're like close, similar in age. He's a little bit um, older, I believe. And so I watched him cook shit at Texas A&M. And I'm like, damn, I literally get to play with Johnny Manziel. Bro, we heard he was playing in the league. And it didn't really hit until he actually showed up. And we were doing, like, line drills. I'm like, go to run a route. I hit the brakes. I turn and look back. And I just see Johnny throwing me the ball. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck, dude? Just crazy. Bro, first game, I played as a zapper. I'm in the locker room putting my pads on. Johnny Manziel comes walking in, first time ever seeing him, meeting him. He starts clapping, like the Joker clap. We're just like dead silent in the locker room. He's clapping. He's like, we finally got ourselves a quarterback. And, bro, when I tell you, I damn near shed a gangster tear. I'm like, damn, bro, Johnny just really gave me flowers like that. That's right. tough. But I felt like we were a two-headed monster. You know, if I wasn't in cooking shit, he would go in and cook shit. So he was cool as hell. It was a dream come Didn't true. Didn't know any of the plays. No oh, need. Freestyling. <laughs> no was, need. They would tell him that to play in the headset, and then they'd be like, all right, Johnny, you got a slant, a crosser, and a curl. <laughs> he's like, all right. Yeah, funny. Johnny's a good they dude, They call man. a read option, and he's like, or it was a run play. Yeah. He looks at the running back and goes, am I handing it to you, or do I run? He's like, bro, you're giving it to me. Like, all right, bet, bet, bet. Damn. Were all the games in Atlanta? And yep. Okay. All eight teams stayed there. How long did the season go on for? Eight, eight, six games? Six games, one playoff, one championship. So eight weeks, and then training camp was like a month. So we were there for like three and a half months. Okay. The best cool. part about that, too, is all the teams and players practice together. So even if you're playing against somebody, like you still will see them every single day. You, you eat lunch with them, dinner with them. You go hang out with them. So it was really cool for me just to get to like build a relationship with people on all different teams that last a lifetime. Right. When you, you know, sparked up during the game, were you thinking about your future in football at that moment? Nah, bro. I was already retired for okay. like four years. Yeah. didn't give a shit. And I had actually, you know, that's the thing. It was more than just like sparking up. It's always, everything's deeper to me. You know, I had failed three drug tests at Memphis and didn't even do my pro day because of it. And the only reason I even am so cannabis pro-activist because I had separated both my shoulders and they were putting me on hydrocodones and I couldn't function on hydros. Pills in general would make me sick make me lightheaded i couldn't really do what i wanted to do so i started tapping into cannabis and it was helping me play it was helping my shoulders not you would hurt get as fried much. before practice bro i'll be fried before every practice <laughs> every game just doing my thing but mind you i was never late i was always on time i was always the hardest worker i was a great teammate i had a 3.7 gpa right. two degrees like i was handling my business so i'm not trying to tell people go smoke and sit on a couch and don't be productive like I want to actually accomplish big, big things, but cannabis is just a part of my recipe. Are you glad that now, like a lot of the pro leagues, like, you know, the NBA and the NFL, they're starting to be more lenient towards cannabis? They should be because we watched the Super Bowl. How many alcohol commercials do you see? Half, like half the Super Bowl is alcohol commercials. And that leads to more deaths and destruction. Alcohol That's worse for an athlete too. Like, yeah, exactly. If you're an athlete playing like at the moment, Smoke like drinking is way worse than like smoking, which can be used for recovery. And a thousand percent. Yeah, We're yeah. talking about a medicine versus yeah. something that is destructive. And I'm not against drinking. It's obviously everything in moderation. But it's like 
most of the athletes in the NBA across all sports doesn't even matter because we've seen Michael Phelps smokes, we've seen Shakari Richardson smokes. The list goes on and on. Calvin Johnson, Percy Harvin said he was high for every game. <laughs> so it's like we see so many athletes that are using cannabis. I just because of day trading, I don't need anyone. That's the freedom I wanted. I feel like Neo in the Matrix. I can spark. You cut me from the league, and I'm still good in life. Mm. That's a cheat code. Dude, the meeting after you did that was so <laughs> funny, bro. Like. It was like a, it was like a, it was like an emergency league meeting, bro. All the players, staff were in a room. So that wasn't like, just your team; that was everybody. They're debating yeah. whether or not to kick Stu out of the league, bro. And I'm just sitting like here, like taking votes this and is ridiculous. shit. Ridiculous. And they already knew not to ask me because I'm biased. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I just sat there. Like, I just crazy. felt like the league should have pivoted and gone towards the WWE because that's already what it was. Like, not literally. That league can't compete with an NFL. Once you get Johnny to play, that's kind of the personality you take out on. the gates. Like, right, we should have had, we should have, if in my Johnny opinion, they should have really got behind it. I mean, shit, the next game, I could have ripped a bong on the 50. <laughs> they should have really got behind it because the entertainment value would have been more Literally. important than trying to put the highest level product of football. Where do you see that going? Do, do you have any passion to continue that kind of legacy of the entertainment in football, um, you know, in your own ventures? At this point, I'm really just, I mean, Andrew and I were going to be in a, uh, in a video game. We just flew out to New York a couple of days ago to be in basically like a new NFL street. So it's cool how God works, man. You know, like you feel like you're getting kicked out of one thing and then he'll open a door in another avenue and just being yourself. You know, like me getting kicked out of that league, then destroying, asked me to go on tour with him. I got to throw with Mike Vick. I got to throw in NFL Stadium. He was all time cute for the ones, right? All time cute for the ones. So it's like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When one door closes, God opens another. And that's just back to trusting in the authenticity of yourself. Mm. Being, you know, kind of bringing it back to like the day trading stuff too, because that's obviously like a core of like, it sounds like your work, your income, all that. What do you like, you know, for athletes that are trying to make it that are not to call you not serious, but like on the more like league driven, like focused path. What are some things that they could they could be doing, uh, whether it's social media, trading, business, whatever? Well, social media is obviously important because that's how we build our brand. I tell yeah. people all the time, if you have a product or service, how do you get it in front of the most eyes? This right here. So if I'm out on the corner, I can only reach so many people. But with this device right here and social media apps, you can reach, like I said earlier, half a billion people if you have the right type of formula. So it's obviously important to build your brand because... The more, the more brand awareness you have, the more brands will come to you and want to give you offers, deals, etc. But day trading was something that picked me. I didn't really pick it. If I had had a car, I even tried to go get a job with the Broncos. Like if I had got a regular job, I probably would have never even entertained it. But because of the fact that I didn't have a choice and I started to realize, wow, I'll never forget the first time I made $7. I made $7 just pressing buttons in 15 minutes, mm. and I was only making $10 an hour at Target from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. What really got it popping was you made 100 grand in a day, right? But see, the crazy thing about that, so I made $100,000, $103,000 in a single day in September of 2020. Correct. But I got started trading in June of 2017. Yeah, so there's two and a half, three years of failure right. that people don't see. So you would work a job at what Target you said to mm-hmm. make a paycheck and you would just trade that? I would lose literally it, lose it, lose it until you mastered the craft. I would wake up at 1.15 in the morning, 
go walk to Target, which is like a mile walk away in Denver, Colorado, go stock shelves from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. with high schoolers. Mind you, I have two degrees. Then come home with, to a millionaire roommate. Right. First round draft pick. First round draft pick. And I'm trying to figure out how do I take what little bit I have and make more with it. Mm. And I was failing and failing and, and it failing. it was all self-taught. I'm just watching YouTube videos, That's studying, crazy. taking courses from people who already had results. I, I just was driven, bro. Like, as much as I joke around, people think I'm not serious. I'm very serious. It's just that's that like comedy to me and making jokes is just a way I like handle stress. It's just always been who I am. I was class clown uh, <laughs> at my high school, which was like a graduating class of like 1500. But what that's I loved hilarious. about it was the diversity. It was like a melting pot. We had all cultures. So I had to figure out how to be funny to everyone. And that's what I would look <laughs> forward to each day. Facts, bro, because <laughs> we all go to school. If I can make people laugh, that's a medicine. So I just knew that, um, you know, having some type of entertainment, like that's what I enjoy doing. But you still got to be smart, witty to be funny. You know, like you, there has to be some type of, a lot of things just are constantly popping in my head. So trading was just one of them things. I'm like, man, I'm going to figure this shit out and I'm, I'm going to try to become the best version I can. Stu's basically a cartoon character. <laughs> Do you think that work ethic of like putting in all the unseen hours, all the losses, all the stuff that nobody sees on social media, and then knowing, seeing that end goal and knowing that's going to come over time, you think that comes from, you know, growing up an athlete and, and the, the training process from that? Well, even more specifically for myself, I didn't have any scholarships out of high school. I didn't have D1, D2, D3. D3 can't even give offers, but shit, they weren't asking me to come. So I was like, I'm going to go JUCO. <laughs> And roll the dice on myself. That's the one thing I always say. I'm always willing to put all the chips on myself because I know what I practice in private will get praised in public. What you do in the dark will come to the light. After two years in JUCO, I was the number one quarterback in the nation. So how do you go from no scholarships to number one? That doesn't just happen, you see? So everything I do, if I'm actually really focused on doing it, I don't care how long it takes. You finna find out. Mm. People like to see the 100K day, the number one, but they don't know what... Goes the into. most I've ever lost in a trade was 240000 and actually was when I was in the FCF, and I, I, still, I still showed up to practice. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't. <laughs> That's crazy. You can't pick and choose. Like, I got to praise God when things are good. I got to praise God when things are bad. Like, that's the thing. That's the beauty of trusting. It's like, it's not always going to make sense, but it's going to make sense. So having faith in not being able to see the, you know, the right now current why, why why is everything so murky why is everything happening it's like the, the sun always comes out after the darkest storms so you just gotta weather it trust it and just know like there's brighter days brighter days to come andrew so kind of tell us about your uh journey post-grad you know you played played football at a relatively small local school mm -hmm. you know how did you you know turn pro while also balancing a professional career I mean, it's been a wild story dude honestly um I mean, when I was playing in college at Stonehill, bro, I never once thought about playing in the NFL. I didn't really know if it was possible for me. You know what I mean? That's just the honest truth. Like, I knew I could play, bro. And I wasn't, I'm still not, you know, a cocky shit talker out there. But I don't know, bro. When I put my cleats on and lace them up, like, it's just like you feel like, you know, I'm that guy. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated college, you know, I hold all the records at Stonehill. I'm like, I have to at least pursue this. Right, I talked to one Canadian football league team, and they said, you got crazy stats, you got crazy film. If you have a good pro day, which is like the NFL combine for small school guys, they're like, if you have a good pro day, I don't see why we wouldn't at least invite you to camp. I'm like, perfect, that's all I need to hear. So, 
my season ended senior year of college in November. And then I trained for my pro day, uh, December, January, February. And then my pro day was supposed to be in March. I was going to go to Holy Cross. I was one week out from my pro day when COVID was popping off. All my boys were on spring break in Lauderdale. I'm pissed, bro, because I wanted to be there. But I'm like, you know, what I'm doing next week, bro, is way more important. It's going to pay off. Mm -hmm. COVID hits, bro. I'm so pissed. Like, I, I was feeling sorry for myself for two, three weeks. Everything shut down. I don't know what to do. The CFL canceled. The XFL, which was popping off my senior year, shut down in... I knew the NFL was kind of out of reach for me at that time because undersized D2, no pro day is crazy. Like it's damn near impossible to make it. Um, then I started doing some like free agent workouts and showcases that I just heard about through, you know, friends, my agent, this and that. Um, I show up to a workout in San Diego, went off, didn't hear any. There was some NFL scouts there, didn't get any serious looks or anything from it but i met a quarterback there deandre francois who i used to watch on tv at florida state he was acc rookie of the year he got injured um so his career kind of got derailed but anyway i threw with him at this workout he said my agent told me about a workout in two weeks in atlanta for this new football league that's starting he's like i don't know shit about the league but there's going to be good competition there it's going to be good film I'm going to go to it. And me, I'm like, DeAndre Francois is telling me to go to this workout. I'm going to go. I show up. I see Destroying there, who I just got put onto like two weeks before that. And I'm like, yo, wait, why is this dude here? And someone's like, he owns one of the teams. I'm like, wait, what? He owns one of the teams? And someone's like, yeah, and Quavo, Richard Sherman. Like, start naming this <laughs> list of people that own teams. I'm like, bro, what did I just walk into? Like, yeah. So, you know, this workout's getting set up. And I go over to Destroying off camera. I said, bro, because I was like looking around the field. I said, bro, like there's no one out here that's going to be able to cover me. Like, watch this. And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm going to check you out. We'll see. We'll see. I ended up going crazy at this workout. He filmed the whole thing, did his whole YouTube video. And that really kind of put me on the map, bro. Because that's, that's how I found out about you. Same thing right here. I right. saw that video. And you right. just he was like, thing. bro, he is eight for eight. Yeah. He's nine for nine. I think I went yeah. 12 for 12 in one-on-ones. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, I want him next. I want him next. Facts, facts. I'm just lining up. Like, <laughs> you don't oh, want Let's next. do it. Like, <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. After the workout, he and I exchanged numbers. He's like, bro, when this league starts, like, I want you to come play. I'm going to pick you up on my team. At first, I, I initially was like, dude, I don't want to play arena football, bro. Like, I'm trying to play for a living. You know what I mean? This arena football league's not paying much. But like I said, COVID, there wasn't much going on. The season was three and a half months. I said, fuck it, I'll go play. And I went there with the attitude of, if I don't dominate, I'm hanging them up. You know what I mean? If, if I go there and I'm just outmatched, to this point, I've only played D2 and I know I can play, but I had to prove it to myself and to other people that like, I could play at a D1 level, definitely. So like I said, I went there, the competition was elite. Like some of the best street free agents in the world are mm -hmm. playing in this league. And I was out there killing. So the thing that you mentioned earlier about like how many people were watching those games? We averaged a million viewers because the league targeted like some big streamers. I forget the name of this dude who streams with like Brawny. They had Aiden Ross, a part of the FCF yeah. at one point. So they would have their Twitch streams going with like, however, 50,000 people on their streams. And they'd be like, yo, real quick, we're going to tune into this uh, football game. I actually am a partial owner. So then they would broadcast the game. So right there, boom, we got another 50,000 viewers. Like, I mean, the league did it right. But anyway, I went to the FCF, went crazy. This is 2020, 
finished the season, didn't hear a thing from the NFL, CFL, nothing. So I come back home, I start working a job because I you know, just got to pay the bills, obviously. And it was hard because no matter what job I was working, I knew that football was my passion at the time. Like you can't be one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. So I just knew no matter what I was doing, a lot of times I would bartend in the off season or I'd get a corporate job for a couple months at a time. I just knew that once January came around, I'm catching touchdowns. So played in the FCF the following year. So I had to do two years of FCF and I had to dominate just to get a look at the XFL because the XFL made a return. Right. I remember so that. essentially what the XFL did was they grabbed a lot of NFL guys that are you know free agents at the time and then they'll grab like the best players from the CFL, the FCF, the IFL. Like they'll grab the best players from the smaller leagues and bring them up to the XFL. So it really was a two and a half year process to get to my goal, which was to play football for a living. You know what I mean? In the <laughs> XFL. So coming out of college, I'm like, NFL, CFL, XFL. That's the dream. I can make a living. I can live in Boston, pay rent, and hypothetically not work for playing football for four months out of the year. So to me, that was the dream, you know? So it's, it's been wild, dude. It's been three years running. Where do you see it going from here? I mean, of course, the goal is the NFL. I had a workout with the Patriots last summer. Went really well. It was good they, to get in the yeah, building. They might need you, though. <laughs> I don't know. I can't they might need you, that. too. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, that's always the plan A, yeah. but like I said, bro, just to be able to play for a living, play on ESPN, play against mm-hmm. the best football players in the world. Like, the XFL is the best level of football besides the NFL. So, Thanks. playing in these big-ass stadiums, bro, I played on Cape Cod, and I played at Stonehill. For me to step on the field in the San Antonio Alamo Dome in front of 40,000 people, bro, like, it's, it's really a dream come true, but at the same time... It's not easy, it's stressful, and it's a grind every day. Like you have to show up every day to work. And if you don't, they got a long list of people that are ready to take your job. Yeah, what's that mental battle like? I mean, you obviously had the lofty goal of playing, you know, very high quality football, you right. know, at the highest level. But, you know, you, like you said, it was kind of, un- it seemed unattainable at one point. For real. You got to, you know, keep the money coming in. You got to pay your bills. Right. Like, how do you put in the effort every single day, making no money and mm. not knowing if what you're working towards is ever going to work out? Right. That's a great question, bro. And I, I really, I really just try to enjoy the little things like. People were mad to be in the FCF. Like, I should be in the NFL. Guys that played at Alabama, Florida State, they're in the FCF now. They're, like, kind of looking down on the league. For me, bro, I'm so happy to be here. Like, I would never tell the league this, but I would play for free. That's how much I love football, you know? So I just find joy in it. I find joy in going out to practice every day and just focusing on the grind, really. Like, I know that work in a corporate job and whatever career I get into after football will always be there for me. I got my pops who loves football is telling me, bro, like, do not hang them up. Once you start work, you're going to work for the rest of your life. Like play football until you don't love it anymore or love doing it. So I find joy in it, you know, joy in the grind, like even training, you know, in the off season, running routes, lifting, all that stuff. I've just been doing it since I was eight years old. So the fact that I can do it now in front of like a following and even being here right now with you guys, like I know it means something. And the biggest thing for me, bro, is when kids will reach out whether it's social media or in person. And they essentially are just like, bro, like you're one of my favorite receivers. Like that means everything to me, bro. Cause I was always that little kid looking up to people. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be at that level, you know? So it's been a wild journey. What are some things that you've been able to do off the field to, you know, get your, obviously this is called nickel up, mm-hmm. get your nickel up yep. um, and like make the, you know, 
lifestyle possible that you know you're not you don't need to be making millions right now but mm-hmm. obviously just supporting yourself off the field while you can pursue your dream right um at the end of the day all you can really do is work your ass off and be a good person and the money will come that's what i've always been told so you know i never am going to act like i'm bigger or better than than people and even if it's a small person trying to get a podcast off the ground like if they reach out to me and they have interest in me and they want me to do a Zoom interview for 25 minutes, I'm gonna do it. Like any kid that reaches out and DMs me showing support, I'm at least gonna double tap the message and say, thank you, bro. And like, cause I know that goes a long way with a little kid. If I'm 10 years old DMing an XFL player, little stuff like that. But I don't know, I just do everything out of love. You know, I just, like I said, I, I'm not mad at the journey at all. You know, do I think I'm good enough to play in the NFL or at least compete on a practice squad 110%? Do I think I'll get the opportunity to? That's just out of my control. So I don't stress about that. You know what I mean? I really don't. And you've gotten like people, pretty notable people, right. you know, have your back and right. kind of give you that uh, stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got like a little list or just not, not yeah, even like sure. tuning your own horn, sure but I just do, like. Because I never thought that would be a yeah. thing, bro. I grew up watching Manziel, T.O., like watching their highlights on my phone, bro. And now these guys, Richard Sherman, like. The list is long. He's a big advocate, right? Yeah, bro. Huge. I mean, he was a partial owner of the Glacier Boys. And it's dope because one thing I always made it a point to do was I'm not going to talk about it, bro. I'm just going to be about it. Like, T.O.'s in the league. I never went out of my way to be like, yo, T.O., watch this, bro. Watch it. I'm like, no, bro. I'm going to just go out there and kill shit. Mm -hmm. And I know if I do it enough, and once I kill shit, I got to do it again and again and again. I mean, they would bring Richard Sherman on the broadcast to watch the game for a couple minutes. And he's like, nah, this Jamil kid's something serious. Like, you just watch him every week, bro. He's out there cooking shit. Like, so that's, that's always been one of my favorite parts about football, bro. Because anybody can talk. And I'm not mad at shit talker. That's what makes the game fun. But me, bro, I don't need to talk. I just go out there and do my shit, you know. So. And then even in the XFL, you're still finding your way into the end zone, too. So right. it just goes to show, bro. Like, that's the one thing I've always respected about Andrew is this man brings his lunch pail to work every single he day. Got to, like, bro. One of the grittiest dudes I know, but also remains humble. Great right. dude to, to every player, whether you're on his team or not. So, like, like you said, man, when I first met him, I already felt like I had known him for a long time. So I, I was basically like, what's up, Andrew? I'm Stu. I'm your yeah. new best friend type shit. <laughs> and uh, just because I had, you know, when you watch like videos on YouTube, that's how I was w- with Destroying too. And I kept telling Andrew, I'm like, bro, let's go link with D. And he was like, man, he probably don't even want to kick it with us. <laughs> right. I'm like, man, forget that, bro. Like, we're here. Let's network. Let's have a good time. He puts his pants on like we do. And, you know, that's how you form relationships and you network. And mm. that's one thing I'll say we both maximized in the FCF right. was networking, making sure if you don't know us to start, you're going to know us or of us before mm. the, the season is mm. over. And it's a good life lesson because, like, there's a lot of things that you think might be unobtainable. Bro, if you told me when I was graduating from Stonehill College in the middle of COVID, I'm going to play in the XFL, I'm going to have T.O., Richard Sherman, all these other guys in my, like, I could call them right now and, and they're advocates for my game. Like, I'd be like, bro, that's, like, that's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? So... You just keep your head down and work and do the right thing, bro. Like, you you really be surprised. That's where I'm trying to help him grow because we're all limited by our own thinking and belief. Yeah. 
And so every time I... I be beating myself up a lot. No, of course, but... I'm hard on myself. Bro, sometimes our biggest enemy is our inner me. Mm. And a lot of times, that's why I keep telling you, is like, you got to raise that ceiling of belief. Because that ceiling is what stops us from really going to that next place. I would rather aim for the stars and land on the moon type shit. I think it comes from my pops, bro, because he's always humbled me my whole life, you know? Of course, it's good to be humble. You you ain't that good. Did he (laughs) coach you? Yeah, bro, he was our high school football coach. He started the youth program in my town. He's in the Brown University Hall of Fame. He's just a football guy through and through. So I was born into it. My older brother played at Sacred Heart D1. My younger brother plays at Lehigh D1. All slot receivers. It's just what we do, bro. Like, if we're not playing football, we're at the crib talking about football, talking about the Patriots, talking about whatever, just shit talking each other, who's better, this and that. I mean, it never ends. You want your kids to play? Yeah, of course I do, but I could never force them to, you know? Because it's crazy. When I, when I was seven years old and I was able to play football, I played for two days and I quit. I was seven years old, dude. I didn't know about, like, I didn't understand the rules. The helmet was killing my head. I was, I didn't, like, understand the concept of the game. Bro. I'm out there getting hit. I'm just like, yo, I'm going to go home and watch SpongeBob. Like, I'm not trying to, I don't, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? My dad's like, you want to quit? Stay home. You know, he's talking shit. I quit. A year passes, I'm eight now, a year older, I guess. Understood like the concept of the game a little more, went out there, played, never looked back, you know? So yeah, I want my kids to play, of course, but like I said, I'll, I can't be one to force someone to do something they don't want to do, you know? But I, th- I have a feeling they're gonna want to. Do you what think, you, or go ahead. What are you guys thought, I mean, this is kind of like different, but what are you guys thoughts on like the, the whole like NIL stuff and like changing the, the high school process of recruiting how that's interfered with recruiting and then also just like college athletics. It's wild, dude. It's different times. It should have been happened. You think about the amount of guys that are big college stars and then they're not just simply not made for the NFL. Um, it gives them an opportunity to be able to provide for their family because I know when I played from 2014 to 2016 at Memphis, I was only making $900 a month, you know, and oh, that's... What? Off uh, just scholarship check. Stipend, right? Yeah, stipend. You got an NCAA check? Uh, well, I got um, I for did a video game. I did get a check from the video game. That actually, that check changed my life. Uh, they owed me. I was in the I was in the game for two years, and they paid me six thousand dollars. And I didn't get that check until two thousand and nineteen. And I put that check in a trading account. Ended up flipping it crazy. But once again. That was before the two years of losing and losing and losing. Yeah. So if I hadn't been sharpening that blade, getting my skill I'm right. I'm picturing you just zooted in your dorm room, just playing as yourself in NCAA. Well, I'm actually, I would never play as myself. <laughs> Why? Bro, I had a whole setup and every, all my teammates knew. I would leave practice. I would go home. I would face three Jeeps. And if y'all know, y'all know. I'm not going to get into it. But I would face three Jeeps. Classic. Then I would go in my room. I had a projector. So my whole wall was the screen. I would put on uh, Kodak Black, and I would play Road to Glory as Lamar Jackson. And shout out knew about this process. Hey, shout out New Era, man. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, that's been my favorite player. I was saying he was going to win the Heisman when he was still only like a redshirt freshman. And Tough. my Memphis teammates can co-sign because I know a dog when I see a dog. But I would literally play as Lamar Jackson on Louisville, bumping mm. Kodak Black, zooted. <laughs> What's your favorite Kodak song? Bro, everything 1K, can I? Can I ball? Can I chill? Yeah. Can I stun? Yeah. <laughs> Will I live long enough to raise my son? So, yeah, bro, I was in there cranking every single day uh, playing as Lamar, and that was just a way for me to do things I can't do because I'm not running a 4-3-4-4. Mm. I thought I could when I would put my – it's funny because 
uh, our coach, shout out to Coach Dillingham at ASU. He would have us put our name on the whiteboard and our three goals for the day. And I would go in there and I would put Lamar Jackson or Tyrod Taylor on the whiteboard. And he'd be like, who the heck is this? But I was so fried. <laughs> I was putting myself in character. Of like, this is the quarterback that I'm going to be today. And it was either Tyrod or Lamar. I was trying to go out there and play like. So I enjoyed it. And, you know, once again, Coach Dillingham can co-sign. Coach Fuente can co-sign. Coach Norvell can co-sign. These guys can all co-sign. I would show up and work every single day. Like, I was not getting out work. Coach Storms, who's at Florida State, our strength and conditioning coach, he can co-sign. All the conditioning, I'm finishing top five every time. Zooted or not. Like, the work was never getting ducked. So it was just, once again, I'm trying to break these barriers down because it just, people feel like, oh, if you're smoking, you can't do it at that level. No, you can if you're him. Mm. You're him. Truly. I've always been. Both of you guys. When did you kind of develop this con- this uh, this character of QB Stew? Back in the day, you know, there's no NIL. You got no real reason to develop your personal brand. Just always you or? Bro, great question. I actually... Some of my friends had made fun of me. The first time I did the QB stew was on Twitter. And people were like, bro, what's that all about? But I had just seen it as like a brand. You know, everyone has a brand. You look at wrestlers. Dwayne Johnson is the rock. Mm -hmm. So it's like once you kind of give yourself a nickname or a brand that you want to get behind, like quarterbacking is not just for football. Like I truly quarterback everything in my life. And QB stew is just it's my last name mixed with the position I play. And I just figured what, you know, what better way to brand myself to the point now, if you type in QB on Instagram, I'm the first thing that pops up. So it just goes to show you, you know what I mean? Like, and think about all the iconic quarterbacks that are out there, you know? So it's just nice to have my, my name etched in, in stone as, you know, one of the quarterbacks. People know about Stu. They know about me, but, <laughs> you know, once again, my, my biggest thing too is just redirecting 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 they know about Stu, but all glory to god man that's the thing too even though i smoke even though i joke i make memes like without jesus i would not be where i'm at in life there's been times where i have experienced the lows i've been homeless i've been hit rock bottom so many times but that's the thing about rock bottom once you hit it you're gonna bounce back up so i just keep putting my faith and trust in him and just know everything's always going to work out for the greater good mm. right now what's a day in the day in your life look like honestly very so much Uh, Because I'm traveling. I was telling Andrew, like, wherever I live, it doesn't even matter if I live there because I'm not even home six months out of the year because I love experiencing the world. Like, I've been to all 50 states. I've been to 20 different countries. I just love meeting new people because energy is a universal language. I can go down to Colombia and instantly make friends. Bro, yesterday, (laughs) we're in a Dunks. About to get a coffee. This dude walks in. He's like, yo, any of you guys got a couple dollars? I'm like, I don't got cash, brother. Stu's like, I don't got cash either, man. You got cash up, though? The dude's like, no, nah, I don't even have a bank account. Stu's like, well, I'll pray for you. He's like, will you? And Stu said, let's do it right now. This guy grabs Stu's hand. They hold each other like by the back of the head. And Stu just rips a quick prayer in the dunks. And I'm like, this is Stu in a nutshell. <laughs> That's how you plant seeds, you know. But when you plant a seed, how, how does it grow? When you plant a seed, it grows through water and it grows through sunlight. So I look at the sun, son of God, who's also light, as if I plant a seed in a guy like that, it's, that's, not, that's, that's all I can do. At that point, that guy might end up going to change another 100,000 million lives. We don't know. So all I try to do is plant seeds the best I can. I was going to shoot him some bread. I didn't have cash. It's a digital era. We don't carry cash. 
but I'll shoot you some bread on Cash App if you ask me for it. You know, ask with a quick fifty. Asking you will receive. Mm. So you know, once again, like he asked. Let me get a let me get a band real quick. See, now that's a whole different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that, you know, I got you right with breakfast this morning. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the whole concept of, like you said, and Andrew does the same thing. When you just pour out love into other people's cups, you have to understand what where love comes from. God is love. So when you give people love, you're giving people God. When you put that in their cup, they start to thirst for it more. To the point they want to fill their cup up with that. To the point they start overflowing onto others. So it really is a ripple effect. The ripple effect. Preachers do. That's real. Facts. That's crazy. <laughs> Truly. Damn. It's deep still. <laughs> That's real deep. You got my head head spinning. On yeah. No. Nah, exactly. Like, like so I'm no, saying. No. I, I love that energy at mm-hmm. at the service level too, and like however much like a listener or viewer like wants to believe of of you can get really deep with that, but at the base level you're just being a nice person and a good person sure. and bringing good energy into to situations. How come we don't ask homeless people for money? Why? Because they don't have it. Thank you. Exactly. It sounds <laughs> no. It sounds funny, but you can't give something you don't have. So you can't give love if you don't got it, right? Mm. And what's love? God. So like mm. that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like you, if you have love in you, you have God in you. And so if we keep pouring that people, if we keep pouring that into people, then it's a ripple effect to the point they're gonna receive it and be like, whoa, like. Why is this dude loving up on me? Even my haters, bro. Like there was posted a video yesterday and this guy was like, you suck. You smoked in the game. You played arena. You think you're him. And it's like, I don't know why you got all this hate in your heart, brother, but God loves you. And nah, for real. Cause that's, I, no, that's that's a good response. You know, I'm going to kill him with kindness yeah. and crush him with success. All right, well, were you mm. like that in the Discord or, or was it a little different? <laughs> with the eight-year-olds? Nah, because see. That was some playful shit. Talk. Nah, for real. Because at the end of the day, I'm not obviously going to put a 12-year-old in the dirt. <laughs> but it's the concept of like, when you're talking about my game and you're supposed to be persuading yourself to get picked up by a team, <laughs> and there's times where, yeah, I'm human. I'm not Jesus. I'm Jason. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying my best. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm progressive. Well, also, that's what the kids want. They don't want you to be like, oh, I love you, bro. Like everything. They want you to go back with them and just be on their level and play with them. So that's. And one thing I do respect about that Glacier Boys Discord is. In hindsight, they ended up all taking accountability and they were like, damn, we should have drafted you, Stu. That's RL. We got to hold that. I said, nah, brother. I left the Discord because I was so mad they didn't draft him. Yeah, Andrew and Destroying, literally the day of the draft, they're like, draft Stu. And they ignored the owner and their franchise player and picked someone else. So I'm like, all right, bet. Don't hold that L, smoke that L. (laughs) And that, you know, the rest is history. So that's how it goes sometimes. That's, that's either way they're gonna watch right you hate me or love me either way you watching the rest is history there you go wow that's amazing well thank you guys for coming through this was awesome hopefully sure. see you guys around too like i mean this is like brand new setup obviously super rugged here but uh no we'll this is nice. beautiful so run, it, run it back we're always traveling too so we'll catch you guys on the road sometime it's Hell not yeah. about where you are it's about who you're with so just yeah, like, yeah. Brothers i appreciate y'all the pointer brother. brothers we yeah, had man we, we did some with shit with mentory we did some shit with some i mean we're we're in boston now so we're just gonna yeah I to mean, the moon yeah it's just the, the vargas brothers too though they were the vargas cool. brothers, boxers. Yeah. Vargas brothers? yeah there's three brothers they're boxers they're currently undefeated oh yeah yeah, I've heard yeah, of them. yeah yeah their dad fought uh who was it oscar de la hoya for you know world champion mm. um, yeah their dad was a beast back in the day and emiliano the youngest he's 19 the truth 
I mean, yeah. they're all undefeated. They're all they're all they're all studs. But Emiliano has like, the brightest future yeah, for he's, sure. He's he's, mm. he's on the come. I love when you so. get a family that's just like all doing the same. Yeah. They're Almost like in. the Bosa brothers yeah. or like the Watts or yeah. them. Like, that's crazy. That's what they want to be known as. They were right. saying, yeah, they want to, they have a good goal that all three sons will be world champions someday, just like their dad. That's so, like, you know, it's crazy to see them, you know, putting in the grind day mm. in and day out, you know, training as a crew, Definitely. you know, all working towards the same goal. Definitely. Just hustlers. Hell yeah. Great. All right. Appreciate you guys for appreciate coming it, through and uh, catch you guys in the next one. Would I live long enough to raise my son? Make something out of nothing. Be nothing where I'm from.